3D6 down the line. Ooh, We're back I in am, action. Man. We're here. I am buzzing, baby. <laughs> oh, I am buzzing. I need to see both your hands right now. I could feel oh, how excited God. you were, David. It was coming through the camera, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I never, I've never seen David that excited for anything in my life. Like, uh, nothing. I hope he paid it off okay, oh, David. Was God. it worth it? I, I hope it was a good oh. release. <laughs> Guys, I, <laughs> that was... Look, I've been edging. I've been edging for a long time. All right. Whoa, God. Whoa. <laughs> I just noticed, like, oh. usually, like, like the camera angle on David is kind of like back, like this. Yeah. And as David this was like this went the whole on, time. His face is like in the camera. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. I love the 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 use that you've done like three times now with the assassination. I like the fact that we actually incorporated that 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 uh, rulings over rule sort of thing for True. OSR, like, like the notice, notion that um, like, if you can, like the hard part is positioning yourself to do a death blow yes. like that. Right. Yes. And then there's just no reason not to give the player the death blow. Right. Yeah. Like, like I, I, we see like these modern systems, like try bend over backwards <laughs> to give you realistic notions of like coup de gras. And it's like none of it, none of it really ends up making sense in certain circumstances. It's like you know, like like three times critical damage. It's like okay, but what if it doesn't kill them? Like it doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Not right? just yeah. not just that, but there are so many situations in which, and you can't blame by any means. You can't blame like a DM for 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 calling a, a role. But like there's some situations in which it's very obvious that like, it would just be it would just be in this yeah. case. Yeah. and and like. The minute, like the minute you call a roll in a circumstance like that, it's punitive, right? Like it, it immediately is a rejection, both of the creativity of the situation, all the planning that leads into it, and it's like, you know, ends up being self defeating because nine, like not nine times out of ten, but most often it'll fail and turn into a combat that will fuck the player over. Yeah, exactly. And so all yeah. of that preparation is punished, and and it's not intentional on 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 the person doing the arbitration, but it's really hard to do rules as written and make it work yeah. that way you, the only addendum to that i would say and this is me yeah. playing devil's advocate is that sure, go. you do have mechanics for other classes namely the thief and the assassin to attack from surprise and do a certain amount of sure. damage why yeah. would a thief who is hidden and concealed ever do a backstab if they could just automatically jam a dagger through somebody's neck because they could do it. Agreed. Because they could do maybe it. they should do that <laughs> <laughs> they, they could, but the difference is in at least the way I envision it, we never actually seen it in action. But um, is that they could do it in combat? Yep. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, like, right. like a thief yeah. well, What about an, an assassin's assassin ability, which doesn't necessarily <laughs> seem to be a combat ability per se? Does it? I haven't. I, it, actually, I'm not really familiar with it, so yeah. I'm like, I can't really okay. speak to it. But you're probably argue, right. There's, you're probably would conflict with the way that we rule these things. But yeah, yeah. I would argue in this case that the difference here is that there's two powerful magics in effect silence and invisibility yes mm -hmm. yeah. right which is a big difference over a concealed thief right and that's I, very I think true that's, yeah yeah the that that's i think that's very fair in that magic is what tips it over into being better than skill in mm -hmm. a sense right yeah although the other thing it's i think it's also fair to point out like and this is historic fact you know you, you get someone lying their head down on the block the headsman comes up and can botch that roll up yeah right right but it does. This does not necessarily mean that David slid that dagger into Isocrates' throat for a perfect kill, right? It just means that 
you know, he's now lying on the ground, bleeding out. He's going to die in seconds, right? You know, it effectively in, in, in silence. Yeah. The yeah. And in the, silence. Other, the other reason why, though, that these rules exist, and again, here's me playing devil's advocate, sure. because there's absolutely nothing to prevent John from doing the same exact thing to us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And absolutely. as a player, as a player, if I have that worked, would suck. Exactly. <laughs> but as a player, if I have worked, 35 sessions or whatever to get my dwarf up to level four. And then some silenced delusioned mook comes up and shoves a dagger between my beard. And I die without any kind of chance for a roll or any kind of a chance for a survivability. That wouldn't feel good. That's a fair point. But you you know, I would never do that. Like I I know, I know you wouldn't do that, John, (laughs) but, but you could. And, and frankly, after us doing it three times to named NPCs, you probably should, because at this point, every BBEG out there is probably like, wow, this is great. Why didn't we think of this before? And just invest in – why invest in mortality? Why not just invest in invisibility? Hold on, Mike. I'm like, can I jump in, John? Sorry. Yeah. A couple things that I think Ted said that I'd like to respond to. Three, three or two now. What's the third that I did this to? You did Roz Kelly. You did um, Blondvig, and you did um, this guy. Yeah, true. Yeah. Okay. In both Roz Kelly and Blondvig's case, I was flying. Right. So the simulation, the rules, like the, the simulation, the rules, role is going through as like a metaphor for combat. Stealth combat, in my mind, accounts for like senses, accounts for all sorts of things that would tip someone right. off to activity. What made John rule positive on me? stealthily killing both of those two was that i was flying no way for noise to admit from me doing that right, right. right. and that was again, not to like uh defend myself too much but that was an intentional thought process i went through right like it's it there's an architecture to that 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 endpoint in the same way that i was debating now whether we should have the silence bubble already present and potentially key him off at which point he might go what's that why is it silent and yeah. me trying to stab him wouldn't work, right? Exactly. Yeah. I was like, you need to be out of that range so that there's nothing that interrupts my ability to do this without, you know. Yes, a, you were alert. you were planning you were planning for as many eventualities as possible so that you yes. could prevent me from making a roll. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the analogy I would draw to Mike's point, which is a good point, but it's like think about traps, <clears throat> right? Like, there's an inversion here. We're like, yeah, of course, technically anything happen in two directions but the dm has less transparency than the players because the players are discussing their intent over and over and over again and a lot of D- good dms will telegraph stuff right and i think the culture is moving more and more into telegraphing things so the trap example i give is like the classic thing is the pressure plate right you allow the player to step on it but that is an instant death it's a puzzle to solve to then like extricate yourself from a mind before blood and like i think it is certainly fair Right. For a player to again, I'm I'm biased here, but a player to sort of go through that puzzling to the point in which that metaphor of combat, right, is no longer necessary, right, is no longer a shorthand in the way that like a DM can't necessarily do without it being game breaking in a multiple like multiple ways. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there has to be a certain level of asymmetry there because there's so other ways so many other ways in which the dm has a outsized amount of control on the world right yeah and i would be it would be a complete abuse of of my authority to do that sort of thing what i would end up like in a scenario like that mike what i would end up doing is if i had a a a powerful creature that could mimic what onward would do is um it would be very difficult to do exactly what onward would do 
Um, so there would almost always be some sort of possible giveaway to it, which I would then telegraph and that you would have to then act upon. But if you didn't act upon it, then sorry. Um, and, uh, it would also be, I would likely do the same thing if there was like a powerful wizard that could do silence and fly and, um, attack invisibly or something like that. I would, you would probably know that, that, that they had that capability. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I would let I would telegraph that. Like this guy, this guy has powerful spells. Like be aware. You know what I mean? Like don't enter his lair without really thinking carefully because he's got this ability to do this. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then if you didn't heed my warning, if you didn't pick up on my telegraph, then sure. it's fair game. I, that's kind of probably how I would do it. You know? I think that's yeah. totally fair. The diegesis thing, kind of right. Like if you were constructing a dungeon and there was a bee incapable of doing this, you'd have you know late motifs showing them doing that right i mean yeah. that's a little yeah. like on the nose right but you would you would you would provide information to telegraph that ahead of time so that like if it did happen it might feel in the in the immediate i'm just reiterating mm-hmm. what you said like like a surprise but they would go oh shit we yeah. did see these three paintings playing this we should have thought of that and then it doesn't feel just like a surprise like absolutely punitive thing i'm just kind of speaking yeah. as now i don't gm as much as john Sure. But if if I was running a game and the same pony was being trotted out to perform flying invisible death odd weir, right? At some point, my wizard would probably have the equivalent of a stone skin on or, you know, something else. Right. Isocritus, we have no idea how powerful he was. There was I, nothing that said that there was not going to be some sort of like uh, spell in place. Force that field, correct. Yeah. I actually something checked like it whenever he said, when Alan said what he was going to do, I went to his stat block and I was like, mm, you know, he, yeah. he may have something to prevent that from actually happening, but he didn't. He didn't. So, and, well, and he, he, also, didn't, point he again, also didn't yeah. smell the shit on us, right? Mm. We covered ourselves in shit. He also didn't have a chance to hear on we are coming up behind him because he was not in the silence bubble. I'm not arguing with I'm not. I was uh sitting right next. I was standing right next to the book. But all I'm saying is that the role represents you stubbing your toe or coughing or sneezing, like, you know, because you're nervous or whatever. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why those roles exist. And all I'm I'm saying is that if I was the GM, I wouldn't have been as nice as John. (laughs) Well, well, let's 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 keep this in mind, too. This is a larger system. The payback isn't. You know, our, our payback, right, of doing this isn't that it might happen to us. It's that we kind of fucked ourselves out of the information that yes. Isocritus has yes. sure. that we so want. Right? And I would, I would, <laughs> and I would again, Mike. Mike, I'm, we're doing uh, you know back and forth for fun, right? But like again, I would, I would piggyback on what Matt's saying in terms of system and say that like the like stakes in a large form. OSR campaign are so much broader than a combat scenario, right? And if you're playing 5e or some similar game where 90% of the play is centered around combat rooms, Mm -hmm. right? In which the depth of that experience has less to do with like what's called combat as war, right? Right. And more combat as sport, then those, those, those systems have to exist because fundamentally what you're doing is you're throwing numbers against each other, right? And in a system like this, what is incentivized and encouraged, I would suggest, more times than not, is lateral thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Is using little as possible. So take this to this pony I'm, I'm doing, right? I'm not going to be able to use it all the time. Even getting a situation in which I could use it was so, so dangerous, right? And the, and the danger to it was so asymmetrical. One slip would have basically been an instant death from any of those apes that like 
it's not like we walked into a BBG room and we were like, it's time to fight the boss in 5e and then started <clears> throwing. <throat> Right. Right, just, right, right, we, right, right. He overcomes so many obstacles to that point that, again, I'm biased, but I don't think John's taking it easy on us by allowing that. Because, oh, God, like, no. So I don't many think things it is, have yeah. to no. merge right into that into mm-hmm. event. And even I didn't think about it until the circumstances led to it being possible because he said he was coming back towards us. And now we're like, oh, we have the books. We know he's coming to this place. Yeah. So things align for such a specific thing that, yes, it technically is the same move. Right. But it's not sure. a move that I'm going to be walking around the dungeon doing. Yeah. Not least of which because, you know, like I can't, but uh, it's, it's very I, interesting. I, I, I've changed to like, like my DMing yeah. style. Like I used to be the kind of where, where I would have given the, I would have let it made a roll like to see if it worked. Sure. Um, you know what I mean? But I, I, I'm at that point where I, I am a little, not easy on you, but it's just sort of like, I like to reward clever thinking. And I think yeah. like if it, if I let it up to a roll, even if the roll was successful, I think that would have deflated yeah. A little bit. Well, you know what I mean? That's um, true, man, because roles sometimes do feel like a letdown, whether they're successful or not successful. And yeah. I think we've all experienced that in we played every absolutely. iteration of D and D since the inception. And some are yeah. better and some yeah. are worse. Well, but sometimes making that big role at the end just kind feels of feels good. Like you, know, a, you know a recent example where I actually regretted calling for a role, and you guys can probably rem- you probably are think thinking along the same lines is um whenever um on we wanted to, to spread his um a bag of um ball bearings in right. the in the laboratory mm-hmm. and it was a great idea you had it all thought out and all that kind of stuff and i had the statue make a save uh to avoid it and he easily saved because he was a powerful monster and mm-hmm. it was just like you could feel like the whole room deflate like i could feel it mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it wasn't just like i could tell it wasn't just like oh it sucks that he made the role it was just like that the role was even called for in the first place sure. i regret it it should have been like because it was a cool idea and you and you thought about it and you planned it carefully and you executed mm-hmm. perfectly. The statue should have tripped and fallen. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I mean? In my right, and know. I mean, I, I otherwise like if if that were to happen, John, without a roll and without any chance of it really failing, we would be sitting here with giant casts of ball bearings and throwing them down every hallway that we went down. Yeah, right? like, you're I mean, right. You're right. I can't argue with that. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. I mean, that doesn't take the circumstances that you were talking about. So I guess my question is again, I'm 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 being I'm crazy on we're here. Why is that a problem? Like, yeah. like why not the, cast the, ball existen- the existential question here. <laughs> no, seriously, the existential question here is if if the world is so dangerous and the and the, the real play style is the large macro macro factional like decision making that we're doing, why does it matter if we're throwing ball bearings down every hall? Ultimately, right? Like, does it make the game easy? No, I don't think it does. Yeah. Maybe it accelerates us to a harder encounter or a harder decision. Is the likelihood that we're going to die miserably around the next corner because we got cocky just as I? Yes. So it's not a situation in which we are like winning over the entire game because right. the game is going to kill us, period. Well, I would also advocate that monkeys would not be yeah. susceptible to a ball bearing trick. As a giant yeah. animated statue yeah, that correct. weighs yeah. like two thousand pounds, hundred percent, right? But I, I, once, to, once, to no one's surprise, I, I do agree mostly with 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 David's thing. I think you're right. It's, <laughs> it, it's also like the same sort of thing where I was debate. You know, it comes is debating the um the qualities of uh, Laryl Sack. Um, like David, you yeah. had the same sort of outlook on that where you were saying like, why not just have it be able to, uh, you know, unlimited whatever we want. You know what I mean? And um and and you could apply the same sort of reasoning to that. And I've kind of 
lean more towards that now in the way that I've ruled that stack, you know? Um, yeah, and I it, think there's a balance. Like, the, go, John. I didn't mean to cut no, you I'm off. Just, you're right that the world itself is difficult enough. It's hard enough. Like, you are in a you are in a dungeon. You know that death is a, lurks around every single corner. You need to take advantage whenever you can. That's why I've, like, actually liked... I like it, and I like it when you guys find the really hidden stuff where, like, the super powerful mm. items, like those Laryl's artifacts, you know, like, where in a well-balanced modern dungeon, you wouldn't even be able to even think about getting those items until you were, like, 15th level or something like that. But right. giving mm. the first-level character a Holy Avenger that is mm -hmm. immediately memorable and makes it makes it just <laughs> so true. much more fun you know what i mean it's just more yeah. fun to to see like what, what i want to give you yeah, guys absolutely. toys to play with basically yeah, to so see, John, like, where is mm -hmm. yeah. where exactly is the holy <laughs> <laughs> is, 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 is that is that what yeah, the, the, the diamond room had hidden um, i, yeah. I want to say well, you know what's thing, hilarious but... though about the about that thing about the literal so they weren't hidden no. they were right there off a room that not, we know other people have just walked on by you know it's just like yeah. they were just sitting there not even like disguised i mean like, like disguised kind of right yeah. but right. but you know an example of like where uh you never found it and i'm not going to give it away but you were so close and you knew it was there was was varger's death in that palace right the the plan oh, yeah. right there was you i kept on hinting like there's something glinting back there it looks like it might yeah. be a throne of some sort and it was behind that plant yeah. and you were doing everything to save varger and try to get to get to that, that stuff you know and, that was that was a great death man yeah i've i don't want i don't want to dominate the whole talk because i've been ranting a lot this this session but just again to piggyback a little bit on on sean <laughs> what else is new? all right no all no, right. no no go 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 yeah um uh, just again, like I just, it's a, it's a broad topic that we could talk a lot about, but like getting into like theory of play, what I really love about, you know, arbitration as a, as a prior, like not letter of the law, but like arbitration through a table, through a scenario that is like really supported by this style of game is that what happens over time is that like, granted, we all know each other, but even if we didn't like various uh, 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 reasoned and discussed scenarios become trust building dynamics that then establish precedents that, that pay off later on, like throughout the game. And then, and in verse, if John, I mean, I didn't mind the Laurel, your, your ruling on the Laurel stack made sense to me, right? Like, and it's only, it, and you, you explained it well enough. There's like a dialect that goes on there that I'm like, makes perfect sense. No gripe. And if you were to come up with something later that said every time it rains, you know, you guys freeze to death or something like that, maybe it would feel a little <laughs> harsh. But what we've established through the style of play and through the the, the, the dialect that we have in this that, that's enabled by not falling everything by the letter of the law is an ability to be like, you know what, I think John's making a good point. That's true from now on. It may only be true in our game in this in this campaign. We may change our mind in the next campaign in the same system. But I think it's a really beautiful like cultural touchstone to this style of play that obviously I, I like a lot. I totally agree. And I think a lot of that comes yeah. from, I think that's another, um, a good uh, consequence of being friends at the table. At the th like, oh, cause you can have that conversation yeah. and know that you're 100%. not going to be met with like, you know, stonewalling or, or, or resentment <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Like we could just hash sure. it out, you know, and kind of come to a conclusion, you know, at least I hope. We can. I mean, that's not to say that over the last 20 years, we haven't had our, our scrums. Right? Oh, of course. Well, we yeah. love to argue. That's absolutely <laughs> happened. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of scrums, 
Ted, you wanted to say something about like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Ted, did you have some creeping you on today? He's so sleepy right now. He's so tired. Ted's sleepy, yeah. yeah. No, I had a nap. I took a nap for this. Ted, the, the floor um, is yours. What I wanted to say was uh, that I think <clears> – <throat> So it's an interesting comparison between the discussion about, well, now John can make his monster invisible and flying with a dagger and the barrel of ball bearings, right? So the the flying dagger monster thing, that would be outright kind of cruel, John, and he's, we've already discussed that. But I do think that something like, okay, we just go down hallways with barrels of ball bearings. So first of all, we've already, the system already has built in the encumbrance issue to go along with that. Right. right. But the other thing is that that's a very mundane item. And there's plenty of creatures in this dungeon that would figure out very quickly that they could do the same thing back to us. And that would be completely fair of John Mm -hmm. to say, Oh yeah, the, the baboons gather all your bearings up. Right. And the next time we come around, there they are waiting bearings on us, you know, that sort of thing. So I, I, I think that it's worth saying that John, you know, should as he's showed that, like with the wick trimmer trick, the world adapts. I think we should totally expect to see creatures adapting to things that we do. I agree, and, and it makes I it totally fun agree. too, right? It, yeah. it makes it's it very like a, fun. A living, breathing, changing dungeon that you know yeah. that reacts to your to your um uh, the th- your deeds. You know what I mean? It, it yeah. is literally the biggest difference between playing a, a TTRPG and playing a video game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because well, that the, level of adaptability does can't can never be programmed. Absolutely, hundred percent, right? Why, why else are we playing RPGs if we're not trying to to have them be living, breathing organisms? Yeah, you know, I could I could uh, grind a few axes about certain systems just just along that video game point, Mike. But I won't. But yeah. yeah, no, I, Ted, you're That's you're hundred percent right. And you know what? I would find it really thrilling to walk into a hallway and see a bunch of ball bearings in it. Because, like you said, the president set, I'd be like, oh, fuck. But also now that's a fun thing we can solve. That's not mm-hmm. like a burden. I mean, I'm, I'm biased, but it's not like a burden. I don't feel punished. I'm like, this is a new challenge. This it's is puzzle. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's a puzzle. I'm engaging with yeah. it. It doesn't feel canned because it's like dynamic, right? Like, I love it, man. I mean, that's, that's it's super rad, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what I liked about like your, this whole encounter that we just had in the library is that like, yeah. like, I set the parameters. And it becomes it, it, it. It's not like an automatic. What I liked about it is like the way that you guys approached it. Your I could tell that your first thought was not when do we roll initiative. It was this is a puzzle to solve. <laughs> like you, you know what I mean. Yeah. But but I'm just saying like in another game we're not going to name names here. Like it, you would immediately have been like all right. It's it's, it's either like we roll initiative it's t- or we it's back go time, out. Yeah. But you were but yeah. you looked at it as like okay, tell me what the what's going on here, and then let's figure it out. You know what sure. I mean, and that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean, like where you you, you look at combat or a potential violent situation as right. a, as a problem to solve rather than um, like a separate mini game that we're about to move into, yeah. sort of thing. You know what I mean? That's right. I, I right. love that shit. You know, so, so I mean, that being yeah. said, it was really hard not to stab Garalad when he came out the library door. Dude, I was yeah, waiting I'm for you. Sure. I was waiting for you to say I'm it, Mort. Sure. I was waiting for you to say it. Yeah, Mort, if you had I, done I don't it, think I would have gone well. Supported you, even if we had all died, I would have supported you through it all. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, know I was. I was kind of half hoping. I was like, "Come on, dude, get in there!" <laughs> but it, it probably would have gotten ugly real quick. More, yeah. to be honest yeah. with you. We already know that the monkeys are uh, an exponential force, right? Yeah. Like, although uh, one yell and we're done. We should let Ted go to bed, so we'll we'll yeah. do quick uh, planning real quick. But um, before we we drop off, um, uh, I just want to make a reminder that the people that you were when you first found Garalad 
when David kind of stepped in it that first time. Right. You were no longer those people. Like you, I'm not saying that you could go toe to toe with Garrett. I'm not going to give you any hints, but I'm just saying you guys are, um, you, you, we're different. Yeah. You're not small fry anymore. You know what I mean? We got big boy pants and we have we our illusionist with the spell book again. And that's, that's going to be the shit. Yeah, it's okay. I'm still we like, level one. Still, what level guys? am I, John? I don't even know anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get out still. Like, I mean, let's not get yeah, out. Yeah. Gotta get out. Yeah. We'll see what happens. And, but. and remember now that he has his spell book, he, he has like, I think you still have like one in the chamber, right? Like you can cast a spell again. No, I, I think I, we'd I, already just established that you did not. Well, no, no, I I had a memorized. Yeah, I have color spray, and now I have a bunch of gems to use color spray. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I be... technically could cast color spray as my one memorized spell from. Way but back then you can also use the uh, the the rock to get it back. That's true. Yeah, color spray. Yeah. Well, we, we and then you could use the rock to get it back, and then you could you could. Yeah, you <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you brought the rocks though. I don't know if you brought the rocks. Didn't the we didn't bring them, and I also can't cast spells and carry this bag in two hands. So Dude, I, I hope you make it out of here alive. It would be so brutal we got, we when you have the spell book and you die. I got one more. I got one more invisibility. You got one more silence that you should probably re up whenever you can, man. You used all three of your invisibilities, dude. Yeah, you did. Oh, you're right. I'm my third. Yeah, and you're invisible right now, but. But I'm at the start of it. I have three turns. Right. Yeah. yeah, I got it. I got if we just flat out run back to the our our door, we probably be okay if all the because, I mean, depending on how those monkeys interpret what Garalad told them, go ruin that secret entrance. It's not a quick thing to do, even for big jobs like Cisco. You know, true. Uh, so I think we're probably got some time. But you don't know how many goblins. You don't know, you how, don't many know how many baboons actually went. went with him. Right. Yeah. But here's the main um, thing about it: as long as we're not engaging with them. We can just run right through the crowd of them. Wee! All we got to well, do is get that plunger, baby. Invisible, so Mort can't, but maybe we can carry him on our shoulders or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, well, that, I, mean, I have a backup plan for Mort of of um, if if he gets cut off from being able to get back, he's going to head for the secret door with the TV room and hide there. Well, Don't I not just hop in the bag into of holding, an baby. Too. Take a deep breath, hop in the bag of holding. You won't fit. Don't forget, if you're if you're really worried, more you can polymorph into a baboon and just walk out. Yep. Oh yeah. Straight up. The polymorph. Yeah. There's no reason. Like, and in fact, if you're if if you're really worried something'll go to shit, just do it. Don't yeah, save do it, it yeah. until the, the emergency. Just yeah, do it and that's walk what out. That's what they're there for. Yeah. I'm, that's what it's here. You could do that yeah. in the beginning of next session. Walk out. We'll yeah. run invisible. We'll get to the door in no time. Yeah. I mean, like a couple turns. I, I don't oh. want to open that door as a polymorph baboon, though, because you also like. Oh, I'll be behind. Just remember, remember your signal. Just make sure we see you do it. Just make sure we see you do it. Yeah, but anyways, not to get too paternal, but uh, you, should, but I'm very proud of you guys for the way that you handled that. Uh, like, like, that was fun. Uh, Thanks, Dad. Yeah, it was. Hey, yeah, uh, I, think, I think you did a killer job setting it up too, man. That was so tense. All of the it was. It was super tense. I suspense. I didn't know how it was going to go down. I knew what their what their aim was, but it, you know, I had no idea how it was. You know, so I just was kind of watching it go down. And then you guys handled. You it. killed it. Yeah, it was awesome. So, John, uh, I do I do have one last question. One more thing. One more thing. This is this is very. Uh, one how, more thing. Yeah. Uh, does um uh, uh does Laryl think it would be funny if I killed Onwear? 
<laughs> yes, you think it would be hilarious. Yes. David David thinks it'd be funny if you killed on <laughs> Dude, I would love I would love the Avaricious dark dark arc where he just slaughters me, takes everything around. He's already in that dark arc. You better keep an eye on him. He's, uh, he's, no, I know, I know. He's looking at like upending economies and shit like that. So he got all <laughs> yeah, I know. Listen. All right, boys. Uh, all right, yes. Uh, all right. so real quick so we can let Ted uh, get his beauty rest. Um uh next week